It's show 143 of the Rim Pro Report today. Will Scott of Beleagle Bloss and the latest industry news. The show is sponsored by our good friends at O'Neill Software. Hey, lots of stuff happening at O'Neill these days that I'll chat with about later in the news. But right now, I want to remind you that just over the horizon in September is the O'Neill Partner Conference. If you're planning to attend September 18th to 20th in Huntington Beach, California, be sure to register and book your hotel room. Along with cutting-edge training, O'Neill has the largest and coolest fundraising event in the industry. If you want to learn more about that conference, you can do so at O'Neillsoft.com. I think it's time to get this party started. Welcome to the RIM Pro Report. The one and only weekly broadcast for the RIM support services industry. Bustling with news, views, and the latest updates. This show is full of interesting information. So take notes. Now here's your host, Tom Adams. Yep, it's me again and we're back. Welcome to the show. I'm glad you're here. I appreciate you showing up here on a regular basis. Hey, today is my anniversary. I'm telling you this because, well, quite frankly, I'm pretty much the luckiest man in the world to be married to my wife, Becky. She's my sweetheart, my soulmate, and my business partner, and every day I get to live the kind of life with her that I always dreamed of. Without Becky, I probably wouldn't be doing this so, so I think it's important for you to know how important she is in my life and ultimately in yours. So, babe, thanks for sharing this amazing life with me. Happy anniversary. And you, Rim Nation, how are things in your world? How's business? How are you? Funny how I talk to you as if you were just sitting here in the studio with me. I think I'm more animated, though, in the studio. Fact is, as I do this, I imagine you driving or sitting at your desk, and we're just hanging out, having a coffee, and sharing stories together. My goal is to always bring you different and interesting ways of looking at things, people's stories, perspectives, and all that to the conversation we have in the industry. I always hope the ones and the things and the people I find interesting are also interesting to you. Today, we're going to catch up with Will Scott, the designer and founder of Bleagle Bloss. This is Will's second visit to the show because, well, frankly, I think this guy's pretty interesting. He's someone who continues to reinvent himself in very cool ways, and he's got a quite the story about the way he's reinvented himself in this business called Bleagle Bloss, and uh, I want to talk to him about what's happening with it these days. But before we dive into chatting with Will, let's get quickly caught up on the most recent industry news. So this one is quite the shocker. Ian Thomas is leaving O'Neill Software. Yesterday, actually it was a couple of days ago, Ian announced publicly that he was going to take on a new challenge as he leads AccuTrack Records Management Software. AccuTrack, as you may know, is software owned by Iron Mountain. So while this is an incredibly exciting uh, transition for Ian, our best wishes and congratulations go with him. But it's also a pretty sad announcement for me. See, Ian was someone who early on with this show believed in it. Initially, it was just a lot of encouragement when I would see or talk to him. But he loved what I was doing here and knew that it had some legs to it. And he made a decision with O'Neill to sponsor the show. And without that sponsorship, we'd never have hit 143 shows like we did today. And while I love doing this, it was his encouragement and support and O'Neill's sponsorship really what got us through the days when doing this show seems like way too much work every week. Ian, I'm going to miss you, mate. Kick butt over there at AccuTrack. I can't wait to see what's happening there in a year or so when you've actually made your mark on the place. David Holt, O'Neill's other executive VP, who has generally been less visible in the conferences and trade shows, will assume a much more obvious primary leadership role going forward. So congratulations again to Ian and also to David in the new enhanced role he will be taking on at O'Neill. 
This is cool news for all the UK members of Nade. The employee training video was just released for the UK. The initial video was previewed by UK companies last November, and uh, they frankly suggested a number of improvements that went into effect, and it's just been re-released as the new UK version. So if you're in the UK, this is a fabulous resource for you to use as it relates to working with your shredding and information destruction clients. Speaking of Nade, they just announced more new staff. Michelle Goodman has joined Nade as the co-director of finance, a 10-year veteran in finance in the not-for-profit sector. Michelle will bring her skills and expertise to Nade. So congratulations, Michelle. And finally, I'm thinking that the NSA here in the USA should have come up with a different and better name than PRISM for their spying machine. Did they not realize that the RIM industry had dibs on the PRISM name? It's going to feel awkward saying to people that we're part of PRISM and they react by hiding their cell phones and, and sort of slinking away in an awkward fashion. Well, that's all the news for this week. If you've got news you want to share, drop me a line and let me know. I'm going to press this button over here to start the music and then fiddle with some buttons over there. And then we're going to get Will Scott on the line. Hang tight while I do. Will Scott is the founder, CEO, inventor, and designer at a Beleagle Bloss based currently in Cincinnati, Ohio. Will, welcome back to the RimPro Report. Hey, Tom. Thanks for having me back. It's exciting to be back on your show again. Yeah, it's great to have you here because uh, I suspect, based on what I'm observing, that a whole lot has happened between the last time we had you on the show quite a while back and what's going on in your world now. But uh, just so that we have some background and your connection to the entire RIM world, take me back to your birth and entry into the RIM service business. Tell me a little bit about where you were and how you got involved in RIM services. G give me the sense of you know that story. Yeah, as you know, I I guess 2002, I, I uh, became interested in the uh, record storage uh, industry, and I uh, built from the ground up a company called Fortress in Cincinnati, Ohio. In hindsight, it's one of those things you wish you had bought something instead of built it from the ground up. Mm. It's so difficult to get started, but uh, we built it into a uh, good franchise, and I sold my interest in that franchise in 2010. Wow. And uh, that's how I got into the record storage business. Okay. And then along the way, you also built a shredding and destruction company, did you not? Yes. Um, I have a, um, I had, and I just sold that, the uh, an interest in a document destruction uh, business. Where we uh, had a number of um, commercial clients. So, yeah, that's how I started with that. Okay, so you you know this industry very well because you built in it, you understand it, and uh, you built that business, you grew it, you expanded it, and you actually sold it uh, or sold interests or your your companies in the last number of years. So when in all of this or when in your history did you get the design bug? <laughs> I guess I've always had uh, the bug to try to make things a little better, but uh, then then again, we all do. Um, but um, it was after I uh, sold my interest in uh, my record storage center that I actually did something about it. And what was, um, uh, for me, during that time, I, I never really liked, um, you know, file box the way they were designed. They seemed awkward and um, uh, maybe not as durable. The handles ripped out of them. They weren't organized very well and things like this. And so I started... Uh, 
tinkering a little bit and started to uh, create my own. And uh, you know, it didn't happen overnight. One thing led to another, and you know, just say a, a molehill turned into a mountain, and that's how I got started. So, so give give me a sense of that because I mean that that's always intriguing to me. I believe all of us are trying to create better stuff, but you're running a records management rim business. Uh, are you looking at the box one day and just going, hmm? Like how do, how is your mind working through that process? Are you visually looking at a box and going, I could do this, or or how did that that sort of begin to transpire in your head? I mean, I'm I'm intrigued by that. Well. Like I said, after I got out of the business, I had some more time on my hands. So I started to reflect on my notes and looking at boxes. And um, just like anyone else, we look at a box and uh, our first instinct is, hey, how can we make it stronger? And I went down that same path. But it wasn't until I started looking at this, uh, these boxes and from the perspective of my users, my customers, right. that I, I actually made a difference in how they were, uh, how they were made. And uh, one of the things that came to the forefront was the, the handles and grips themselves, how they didn't make sense, and how you had to fight a box to actually hold it in position or let alone walk with it. And uh, people listening today may not believe me until they think about it, but you actually have to wrestle with a box to put it in the right position and carry it. And we take it for granted that this is the way it should be because that's what we've always had. So when we start talking about how a box should be held and how it should fit against your body to uh, decrease the stress in your body. These are all important things. And what I did was I, you know, I made a better box by making it more ergonomic and building system, actually the technology involved, making a system to whereby uh, a person engages a lot less muscles to walk with one of our Blue Gloss boxes compared to any other box in the marketplace. But, but so what, what were you doing? Were you, uh, you, did you draw it out in your head first or did you actually take boxes and cut them, you know, in your home? And <laughs> how, how, do, how do you, like, I, I'm so intrigued by how you get there because, um, because the history of, of a record storage box is the, that standard handheld hole in the side. And yet somewhere, you know, when did you kind of get that glimpse that if you change the way the box you know, how it fit against your body and how you held it. And, you know, I've seen your little tat, like just the rounding of it. How did those things all, was that just like iterative design? Did you just keep going through design after design? How did you get to the point where you went, oh, this finally makes sense to me? Well, it made sense finally after, I mean, when you look at a box by itself, um, if you look at a box by itself, the, the, the hole in the middle of the side is probably the perfect shape, perfect place for, you know, for a handle. Right. But if you interface with a human being, you put a person interfacing with it, it is absolutely 100% in the wrong position of a box because people aren't shaped that way. We don't move that way. Right. And that's when the little light bulb went off in my head when I was able to put a person with a box and start looking at weight distribution, uh, you know, the angles of insertion into the handles, things like this, and I started to draw it, uh, draw it up and um, tried to figure out something that fit a human body, and once I did that, I started to apply those principles to designing a box that fit a person versus, you know, a robot, I think, if you want to say that, these boxes are built for, you know, any other boxes built for kind of a robot shape. Right. But um, that's how that came about. Huh. 
So you start designing this box, this record storage box, but something in your head is moving you towards this is going to be more than just a box because somewhere in this process, Bleagleblos, and you've mentioned that name a couple of times, which is a very cool name, and I'd I'd be interested in where that came from, the the name came from. But before that, when when did you decide to go from just tinkering with a record storage box design into actually creating a company to be a design company? Um, By evolution in our case. Um, you know, you start out with one thing, and I started out with trying to make a better uh, system to carry the box. Yeah. Then I started to look at uh, another aspect was making a handle that didn't rip as easily as all the, you know, didn't fail and rip out as uh, many of the handles do. And then you get on, hey, wouldn't it be neat if, uh, you know, if a person dropped the box or fell on its side, the contents wouldn't fall out? Shouldn't a, a lid and a body be able to be put together? And isn't that a cool feature to, uh, uh, that would be a, a very good aid for HIPAA or FACTA, you know, having a lid and body that would secure the contents? And then wouldn't it be kind of cool to have uh, a writing area that was private underneath the lid of a box instead of just all public, things like this? So when I started down this road, you, I realized that I had not just one feature, but we have a whole new system of features on a on a box that didn't exist before, and we recognized that we were pretty good at designing these sorts of things. And not only did they have applications in the rim sector, but we have lots of applications in manufacturing and other commercial sectors for uh, these tools that we have invented. So, hmm. so you you go to work at this, and Bleagleblos is invented. What where did Bleagleblos come from? What's that name mean? It's really funny. Uh, my uh, blue boss, I have a, a daughter. Yeah. Uh, she's now 18. She's graduating from high school next week. So Wow. Uh, but uh, w- when she was 18 months, the uh, first word she said was legal boss. When she was excited or happy, she'd say legal boss. <laughs> so uh, I wrote it down, and we videotaped it, and uh, we were looking for a name um, for our company, and uh, it tested well and, and through marketing. And we used it. We created a new word. And, um, That's hilarious. That's hilarious. All right. So you've designed this box, and I can only imagine that uh, the, the box world is a pretty staid and stable environment. You know, the, the boxes we see are, have been around a long time. So you walk to a box manufacturer with your new design. What are box manufacturers going, yay, this is wonderful? What, what are they saying to you? Well, first of all, uh, they're talking about uh, the designs. That we, you know, we're going through a large patent process with all this. And uh, but when the, they sold this in the beginning, uh, we had a couple of reactions. One is uh, from veterans in the business, manufacturers, that uh, CEOs and presidents of these manufacturing companies that I've been in this business for forty years or thirty years. It didn't dawn on me to uh, to build or design a product. That was for the user. It's always been for the contents. Right. So, uh, that was very unusual. And then the other part was a lot of these designs that we came up with, uh, they'd never done before. You know, they said, we're not sure we can even make this, but they're making them now and they're making them very well. <laughs> so you were actually teaching the box manufacturers how to build a unique and new kind of box. <laughs> that happens regularly. We go to factories uh, on a regular basis. 
and uh, uh, they'll tell us that the machinery is not set up to do it this way, so we have to go in, and we go in there and physically show them how to change the machinery really? to uh, produce our boxes or our dividers or our roux and things like this, and it's, uh, it's a lot of fun. Hmm. So tell me about the patents. You just mentioned the patents a few moments ago. Um, you know, in reading a little bit of your material that I, I saw online, uh, you've done a whole lot of patent work. So tell me a little bit about that process and what that entails. Well, we did the patent work because uh, the things we're doing is very novel and very uh, very different. So we wanted to protect it yeah. and be able to license it to multiple industries. So to that end, I think we have 46 or 47 patents applied for, and we received, I think it's 10 patents so far uh, that have been approved uh, in the marketplace. Wow. And um, as you mentioned, the design firm, we have individuals that, that help me now. We have an entire creative department and IP um, department that uh, continues to develop for us, and we want to grow that. We think there are lots of areas of, uh, of opportunity continued design work, uh, not just in the corrugated box industry. Hmm. So th this is a much bigger, bigger thing for you, obviously. Um, you know, I, I'm digging around and I discover not only do you have boxes for the record storage industry, but you just mentioned one of them called a Roo. T tell, tell us a little bit about the Roo and some of the other uh, extra products you've been sort of creating and designing for the last couple of years. Sure. Uh, the Rue is a uh, replacement for folders and hanging file folders. Huh. Uh, as you know, hanging file folders and folders have been around for, you know, that's one, the folders have been around for hundreds of years. The hanging file folders have been around about 70 years, unchanged. Yeah. And if you think about a hanging file folder, it has one distinct purpose, and that is to hang in a drawer of sorts to keep the folders from hanging, from folding over, and that's, that's about all it does. Right. So we created a tool called the Roo, and basically it is a uh, cart or a carrier uh, that sits in the same identical places that any hanging file or any folder would sit. The only difference is it's a lot more usable. Hmm. Uh, some of them have open tops, some of them closed, but uh, they are uh, immensely more usable, and remarkably, to that extent, they cost less than hanging file folders or folders do. Wow. And they're greener. Wow. So it, you're you're basically eliminating like the hanging folder with the the metal edges in them, and you're replacing it with like a carryable kind of file holder. This, did I describe it right? Yeah, that's exactly right. Okay. And what, as you put it there, uh, the hanging file folder is designed to just work in that compartment. The nice thing about our roots is they can be moved. To a desktop, they work inside the drawers. You can put them in your car, and they all stand up nice and neat and organized. In addition to that, we design uh, the roofs to fit every single one of our uh, Bluegill Bloss boxy boxes. So they fit inside of them very neatly. So a customer, or you know, a record center for that matter, can move them in and out of the boxes anytime they want in a very organized fashion. Wow, very interesting. So I'm walking through Staples a few weeks ago, and what to my wondering eyes should appear but a 10-pack of 
Bliegelblas boxes occupying space that the uh, the Bankers Box brand, I think, used to be the only ones who had. So, I mean, that's a monstrous coup, I guess you'd call it. I don't, I don't know how else to describe it. But Bankers Boxes owned that space on on those big box store shelves forever. How did you get into Staples? Tell, tell me a little bit about what it took to get in there. Well, it's... Uh... <laughs> A little boxy to begin with, but as you put it, um, you know, Fellows Bankers Box has controlled that industry for a very long time. They've done a fantastic job yeah. in the retail marketplace. You know, if you look at uh, basically any box that's in Office Max Staples or Office Depot, that's um, 4,000 stores, you know, um, Fellows makes it. So um, no one else has been able to, um, to move into that space. We set appointments with um, you know the buyers and uh, and those stores, and at first glance, immediately they loved our product. They said it was novel. They've been looking for innovation, and uh, they placed it in the, in the stores into the state. We're currently in about 2,700 uh, resale stores, and we're on nearly uh, 80 uh, websites on, um, on the web, wow. and uh, going strong. By year end, we hope to be in over 4,200 stores wow. in the U.S. Wow. So uh, it's, it's very good. Wow, very cool! Congratulations. That's that's a uh, thank you. That's major. What what I loved about it, and I I picked it up off the shelf. What I loved about it is um, the you know the traditional box that we've been so accustomed to in this industry, the banker's box, and I know that's the brand, but the the standard traditional records ten by fifteen box um, always comes in sort of this big huge. Um, you know, whether it be shrink wrapped like uh, Banker's Box has done or um, the way many of us in record storage environments have sold them are, you know, just in large kind of packs. Um, yours comes in this really innovative box design. So the boxes, the 10 boxes actually in the lids are actually stuck inside a little carry unit. I mean, that obviously is part of the whole design thinking that you're doing. I, I, I get this sense that you got a little bit of Steve Jobs um, resonating in you somewhere. Well, that's a big flattering comment. I'm, I wouldn't compare myself to him, but uh, we like to think we're pretty creative. And uh, what we say is, uh, we really don't invent anything um, new. We innovate. Hmm. So um, to that to that end, one of the things we're looking at is again, um, we build from the user's perspective. Right, and we've seen so many customers. You know, uh, even when I had the record storage um, company, the big thing was when we delivered twenty-five boxes or a hundred to the customer, and then this pretty young lady comes out in high heel shoes, and she's got to drag you know twenty-five boxes and put them somewhere. And you know, we haven't. Done, I didn't do a good job of uh, making sure that they were shaped properly so they could put them in a nice little storage area. So we thought about that. Uh, when we built Blue Bloss and this new product, the uh, the Boxy Uno or the Boxy Levo, uh, both of them are quite novel, very, very neat, and that we have done our work and we placed 10 boxes, as you pointed out, in a cube, and that cube is the size of about an assembled box, one right. a single assembled box, and you can take it over one hand and carry it anywhere you want, and the little unit that is in is also like a storage case. So a customer can pull out the boxes they want, you know, and and put away the west, the rest of those boxes, uh, inside of a little closet or under your desk even. They don't take up much space at all. 
Yeah, I, I was really intrigued how innovative that was and uh, in, in, in seeing that. It was just such a great design model for it. So very cool. Well, I, I, I think I got to ask you a hard question because, uh, you know, okay. I, I know you've been doing this for a couple of years, but a couple of years ago I had you on the show when you first came out, you had shown at Prism, and it seems like over the last couple of years you went away. Um, you know, you I, I know you kind of hit hard for a while. Um, and then you kind of disappeared. What what transpired in the last couple of years? Tell me a little bit about you know the initial stuff that happened in Bleagle Bloss, just just so that people understand it. Well, we've grown quite a bit to begin with. So when I started out, it was just me, and now we have a whole team of people uh, that we work with today. But uh, you know, just like when you develop and make something new, a new product is a growing and learning curve. Yeah. And we had to learn. We had to learn uh, what worked well and what didn't work well. And to that end, we uh, have a lot of record storage customers today, and uh, they end up being a great proving ground for our products and gave us feedback also about what really didn't work that well. Hmm. You know, in our laboratory, it seemed like it would work well, but we've had to make changes and modifications of things to, uh, to make them better so they were more usable. Hmm. And I think what we would come up with today, with all the feedback from real record storage facilities along with the experience that we have, having our own, is that we have a, a dynamite product today, and it's tested, and, you know, we make, we make uh, very, very good rip-resistant handles and, uh, and ergonomic boxes that take the customer first, and I think that's what any one of us wants to do. Yeah. Very cool. Well, it's, it sounds like you have come a long way, and, you know, I, with, like you said, 2,700 um, companies or, or retail stores now carrying your products. Uh, the these boxes are, you know, the boxy boxes are going to start showing up in record centers soon, which I I, I think is an interesting, um, you know, an interesting history for you. You ran a record center, you kind of went out and designed a box, and now they're going to start showing up in record centers. Um, but I, <laughs> I, I I think as we you and I prepared for this call and the the couple of conversations we had beforehand. Uh, you, you said you had a belief about, you know, records and information management companies also thinking about being retailers because as, you know, as revenues uh, adapt and adjust in this industry, uh, there might be innovative ways for record storage companies to actually, you know, add incremental revenue through becoming more retail in their orientation. Tell me a little bit about your belief about that coming from your history as well as some of the stuff you're doing now. Sure. Um, you know, the, uh, I didn't realize at the time to the magnitude that it was, but as a um, um, record management company owner, I was already in the office supply business. The only difference was I sold uh, drawing map boxes and file, file boxes right. exclusively. And I had a leg up on just about anyone because my customers knew me very well. They yeah. trusted me. And... You know, they would buy the products that we brought, you know, that we brought to market, these file boxes and these map boxes. So to that end, we were already in the office supply business. So uh, why not leverage that? The only challenge with that today is that, um, just like us, most record centers don't do a great deal of uh, customer-centric work to deliver products uh, to the customers that are wearing suit and tie, dresses and heels, limited storage space uh, in their facilities, 
uh, something that's easy to carry, easy to work with. Uh, you know, rebuildable products so you can follow it away when it's done and they're done with them, things like this. And what we've done is we have designed and built these cubes that I'm talking about that we mentioned earlier yeah. that we can have a sleeve around it that uh, really makes the record center shine. We can have the information about their record center right on the outside of every one of these tent packs. And uh, customers really, really like it. The profitability to the record center is very, very good. And the record center can, can deliver boxes in two fashions. If you have pallet loads of them, hey, you deliver them in pallets. But if you've got to deliver five or ten, you know, ten packs, a hundred, up to a hundred of them, you can do it in a fashion that gives, you know, a lot of marketability to the record center and lots of peace of mind to the customer at the same time, too. Hmm. Very interesting. Well, I, 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 you know, I'm intrigued by it because I've I've known you for many years and watched you evolve into and out of the records business, and now this whole Bleagle Blast thing. And it was very cool to see your box your boxes showing up in Staples of a few weeks ago, a month ago. I forget exactly <laughs> when it was, but that that's very cool. And uh, I, I I know typically that this show isn't about pitching, and you really haven't pitched. I've just been trying to understand your thing, but I. I I see this as a really cool opportunity for, um, you know, based on what I saw, if if it's anything like what I saw in Staples, a really cool opportunity for people. So um, another question, though, what what's the where do you see the similarities between being a designer and product person and being a record center owner and a service uh, leader? Uh, what's been the same for you and what's been dramatically different? Hmm, that's a good question. Um, as a, I think they're very similar. We both, we all have customers. We have customers on the on the record uh, center side, and have customers on this side. It's just basically who I'm working with. They, um, now our customers are the Staples Office, Max Office Depot, and you know other record centers across the United States. And um, we don't own any manufacturing companies. We do third party manufacturing, of course. Mm-hmm. But. Um, to that end, we want to make our customers happy. We want to do a great job. We want to be represented well. And that's why we try to do a good job with all of our products, our you know, document destruction products that we make, uh, the ruse, our zip clips that secure boxes and lives together. You know, uh, Our goal is to do a great job with our customers and create the most HIPAA-compliant products that we can develop. Hmm. Well, very cool. Well, congratulations on you know the success. I I I can only imagine the amount of time, energy, effort, of uh, sleepless nights, and work it's taken to get where you are today. And I I know that based on what you've just said, you're you're in uh, complete and utter. Uh, a million mile an hour zone with all that's happening with the retail, um, the retail explosion that, that has happened getting into Staples and the, the other big, big box stores. So congratulations to you. It's uh, it's a great success. And I, I wish you continued success in where you're going. I'll make sure everybody has access to, uh, you know, how to find you online uh, from our show files. And uh, I, I, I hope for you that really wonderful things continue to happen. Yeah, and I want to thank you for your time, too. And I, we do want to invite all the record centers and the owners to take a look at our product. You know, uh, change doesn't happen overnight, and a lot of times all of us say the same thing. If it's not broke, they'll try to fix it. 
But I think if you uh, take a look at our product and how it worked, and we got some very intriguing videos on our site, and if you want a sample, they want a sample, that we'll on the call, we'll send one out to them, uh, or one of our consultants can uh, arrange a call. But I think the change will be worth it, and your customers will uh, love your business even greater for it. Very cool. Well, Will, thank you for that. Thanks for the, uh, the chance to chat with you, and continued success where you're going. Tom, you run a great show. Thank you very much. Cheers. Bye. All right, bye-bye. Wow, what a great story. Congratulations to Will for making such a cool thing happen in his world and his life and his business. I got me a box of those boxy boxes and the Rue file folder holders, and I got to say I'm impressed. It's very cool stuff. It works really nicely, and uh, I'm, I, I'm impressed. So uh, thanks again to Will Scott for joining us today, and really glad you could join us as well. And uh, next week, we're planning on having Chris Muller, the, uh, he's the Raider of the Lost Archives guy on the show with us, and I hope you can join us. He's got some really interesting stuff he's doing that uh, I'd love to make you aware of as we chat with him. And special thanks again to O'Neill Software, our exclusive show sponsor. O'Neill has been in the records management game a long, long time. In fact, it was uh, over 30 years ago their software became the first commercially available software for the record storage industry. That spirit of innovation and leadership continue to this day. And so if you're interested in cutting edge stuff, the software that drives uh, commercial records management operations, O'Neill is the one you should look at. And you can do that at O'NeillSoft.com. Have yourself a great week. We are out of here. Uh, bye. Thanks for joining us on the Rim Pro Report with Tom Adams. If you enjoyed the show, please tell others. Our website is www.rimproreport.com. This broadcast is produced and hosted by Flourish Press Inc. Join us again soon.